Bring spring color inside this season with Bear Premium Plus paint, starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Add a pop of blue to your kitchen with the Bear exclusive color Arrowhead Lake or a splash of Amazon jungle to your living room. Bring a cool breeze to your bathroom with sea glass or accent your bedroom with sunrise-inspired colors like coral cloud and dark crimson. Let your creativity bloom this spring with Bare Premium Plus paint starting at just $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Traveling for one of the big conference tourneys in Nashville or Minneapolis this March? Do yourself a favor. Stay at Graduate Hotels, Bridgestone Arena, Target Center. Their hotels are close to both tournament venues. So why would you stay anywhere else? I love staying at the Nashville location, and I'll be at the Minneapolis location for the Big Ten Championship. And if you're one of my listeners, you can save 30% off with the promo code DOUG. That's DOUG, D-O-U-G. Good at any Graduate Hotels location, up to 30% off. How do you do it? Really simple. Book today at graduatehotels.com. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the uh, cloudy city of Los Angeles. Championship weekend is upon us. We will find out who will represent the AFC, who will represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Played two weeks from Sunday in Chile. Chile, Minneapolis, St. Paul. We will be going there all live uh, during Super Bowl week. Doug Gottlieb show will be on the road from Radio Row and we'll bring you a litany of the best guests getting ready for America's biggest sporting event. So, Look, we have a ton to get to. Metric ton, actually, to get to. Uh, which I don't know is a metric ton bigger than uh, uh, than a ton in pounds. I, I really don't know about that one. No. I haven't really thought about measuring. Here's what I do know. You think you got problems? Everybody's got problems. Right? It's one of the things that I find enjoyable about reality TV. 
I understand that reality TV is not always the truest reality. But when I watch other families, other relationships, I start to think, you know what? I kind of feel normal. Maybe that's the idea. They look abnormal. Some of it is because the conflicts are made to be even bigger than they are in reality. And your conflicts appear to be much smaller. And their issues, some of them are relatable. So when you watch reality television, a lot of times there's some things that you can draw from and some things that just make you feel okay about your own issues at home. But what I find fascinating about this Le'Veon Bell story, so if you're just um, tuning into sports radio for the first time today or national sports radio, you guys go local until you get me, or you may have missed this story. Apparently, Le'Veon Bell, who, of course, has been suspended a couple times, we say for drugs, but it's, it's for weed. Again, that doesn't mean it's okay when you know you're going to be tested for weed, but I do think that most of us in reality know this is more of a discipline issue, more of an IQ test when you test... When you test positive for weed, you're a dumbass. You just are. In the NFL, everyone knows you're going to get tested once. If you pass that test before the season begins, they won't test you the rest of the year. So if you failed a drug test, one, that means you failed one previously. So you failed one, and then they told you that we're going to test you all the time. Now, then you failed another one. The first one that you failed proved that you're an idiot. Everyone in the league knows this. This is not a secret. I'm not breaking any news. Failing an initial weed test is an IQ test. It's not really a drug test, but whatever. He's been suspended for weed before. So not the sharpest knife in the drawer. Okay, great running back. But remember, held out this year because he wants a new contract. He's been injured before. Injured, suspended, held out. And then we come to learn not only did he show up late for their final walkthrough of the season, but he showed up late for the actual game. Uh, Coughlin time, Tom Coughlin gets uh, credit for this in the NFL, but the truth is that there's lots of old coaches that have this rule. 15 minutes early is, in fact, on time. So he was an hour and 15 minutes late if you go by Coughlin time. Here's Le'Veon Bell, who clearly lacks discipline. Now, some of you would say, whoa, Steelers are a mess. And I, I can't help but agree with you. And Todd Haley never got along with Ben Roethlisberger. Antonio Brown made a show of how much money he wanted. And even after the Facebook thing, which was in the locker room, which showed a lack of team discipline last year, he got paid. He got a new contract. Le'Veon Bell held out. And um, like, look, the, the, the team still has their you-know-what to the fire because he's still the best running back in the league. So you have this super talented duo of Brown and Bell and the quarterback who didn't get along with the OC doesn't really jibe with uh, some of the younger players, some of the way guys are doing things. Talked about retirement, kind of does the passive aggressive thing and the head coach who's suddenly now taking a lot of heat but hasn't held all these guys accountable. It seems like a Seems like a, a, a situation that's less than ideal. But then hold on, you take a breath. And you're like, wait, last week we were talking about the Patriots and how the owner, the quarterback, and the coach aren't seeing eye to eye as far as who they should keep and who they should get rid of. The Kansas City Chiefs, who 
for the first month of the season were the best team in football, and the last month of the season before the playoffs were in the conversation of the best team in football, as they always do, lose early in the playoffs. That's what Andy Reid's team does. They're likely to jettison Alex Smith. Like, they have a quarterback issue. They think they have a guy who has star potential, but he's only played in, started in one game in the National Football League. The Tennessee Titans won their first-round game and summarily fired their coach. The Buffalo Bills got to the playoffs for the first time in 18 years, fired their offensive coordinator, and they don't really have a quarterback. The Jacksonville Jaguars are taking on the New England Patriots, and Blake Bortles is their quarterback just because he's been their quarterback for no other reason at all. So my point is this. The Pittsburgh thing is interesting. The Pittsburgh thing is a bit of a mess. Pittsburgh did score 42 points. Pittsburgh still, at least to this point, has Antonio Brown, has Le'Veon Bell, has Ben Roethlisberger, and has shown the ability to go deep into the playoffs and to win Super Bowls with their quarterback. They have things others would dream of. And yes, they got it. They got problems. But guess what? Everybody's got problems. When I look at the Le'Veon Bell story, I'm like, man, this feels like Odell Beckham Jr. Part 2, right? Odell Beckham Jr., Superstar talent, missed most of the year because of injury. But there's the, 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 the concerns in New York are, has his ego grown so out of control that not only does he want to be paid at a level above that of even the best wide receiver, but if you pay him, you're only making him more entitled, more empowered, so that the lack of discipline he already has in terms of getting along with others, wanting the ball, uh, penalties, because he gets into it with other cornerbacks, all the little things that he does that take away from his ridiculous talent, why would you stop? If you get a huge contract and somebody says, don't do that again, but then they give you all the money in the world, that this is actions, not words. But when I see the Steelers have these kind of issues, I think a lot less of the issues that the Patriots have. I just do. Yeah, Patriots got some issues. It's not going to end well with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft. And it's not. You know, their offensive coordinator is going to be gone. Their defensive coordinator is going to be gone. How their linebackers coach has been interviewing for head coaching jobs in college and coordinator jobs in, in the NFL. It feels like, like the last one out of New England, make sure you turn the lights off because there'll be nobody left. But I read this Le'Veon Bell story and I'm like, mm, okay, that's why the this is a good reason why the Steelers never seem to achieve the level of success or the level of dominance. Success they had, dominance they did not have. In spite of their talent, it's because of things like discipline. And that Le'Veon Bell is so good, he's been able to get away with so much. But um, I also realize, much like when I watch reality TV, they got issues, Right? Like Ramos is as nice a human being as I know. He's been married 18 years. I guarantee that if I told him like the issues me and my wife have, like, man, we got one kid that doesn't love her school. Another kid, he's kind of into it. Another one doesn't really have any, not enough friends. We just don't know what we're doing. Do we like where we lived? We, like, oh, you know, we, we, we picked the place that we wanted to live, even though it's far from work. Is it too far? Do we want to move close? We move close. We move away from family and friends and all this stuff. Like, oh, you got some issues. Like, yeah, guess what? Everybody's got issues. 
And I don't know if that was the true intent of reality TV, but that's always my takeaway. I watch and go like, yeah, I kind of feel normal. Yeah, I, yeah we, we argue every now and again. I, that's what happens. People come over to our house and I'll get on to my kids and my, and my wife Angie will say like, I, sorry, Doug, I don't like it when you raise your voice. I'm like, look, they all have kids. They all, you have kids, you're going to yell at your kids. Because it's like they do not, they do not listen otherwise, especially now when you can't beat them like we were beaten. Right? You know what my dad would have done? He would have, he would have smacked me. But I can't smack you. That's no longer acceptable. So I'm just going to raise my voice. Steelers got some problems. They need to solve them. It's a hard one. I talked to a couple NFL people and they're like, Le'Veon Bell's the best in this position. Antonio Brown's the best at his position. There's other guys that are really, really good. Those are the two best. And the second that they say like, hey, we're going to move on from Le'Veon Bell, somebody else is going to give him that big check. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. You can tell me all you want that people, I, oh, I, I want the Patriots to lose. But do you really want... Blake Bortles and the Jaguars to be in the Super Bowl over the Patriots? Like, no. The, the best possible scenario is probably Vikings-Patriots. Great home field advantage. There's unbelievable stories across the board for the Minnesota Vikings. It, it does not diminish the stories of the Philadelphia Eagles, but, I mean, Case Keenum, right, with, the, with Houston, and the owner makes them play him in Houston with the Rams and he looked so inept that Rams offense was so inept. You know, uh, he's really the third string quarterback there as he was a placeholder until Teddy Bridgewater could get back healthy. Sam Bradford plays a great game and then isn't right the rest of the year. And now he's the best possible option that they have. The only guy with, uh, with a healthy body, although he hurt his knee in college. And then, of course, they lost their first round pick, Dalvin Cook, running back. They're running their wide receiver. If he plays Adam Thielen's got a bad back, but he's like the NFL version of Rudy. So some incredible stories there, but more than anything, a home field advantage. Uh, Super Bowl generally doesn't have a great atmosphere all the time. That would be as good an atmosphere as you'd find. And you, and that way, like, look, if Minnesota pulls the upset, you'd still get huge numbers. Whereas, Though you're going to get a monster number, whoever's in the Super Bowl, if it's Jacksonville and Philadelphia, it won't be a great number. Jacksonville, Minnesota won't be great. for By Super Bowl standards. You, understand, you know what I'm saying? Okay. And the reason that you want to see the Patriots is because they have an all-time great at quarterback. And we talked about this yesterday where we said, hey, you know, it's not a, I mean, it's the easiest road you're ever going to get if you're the Pats. But what's lost in this conversation, yes, do you need a franchise quarterback? Sure. Because a franchise quarterback will keep you in the game. Will make you viable. What you really need is a great defense. That's what you really need. And um, what if I told you that the defenses playing this weekend, I had a conversation with Tony Romo. Tony Romo, obviously, you've heard of him. But this is back when he was with the Cowboys. And he's like, hey, look, you want a little tip? Sure. Nobody doesn't have a top 10 defense is winning a Super Bowl. It ain't happening. It's not. 
And so while we go crazy about the franchise quarterbacks and franchise quarterbacks, much like Aaron Rodgers, can lift you to a height that your team uh, should not achieve, the fact is that that height is not a Super Bowl win. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. We're joined uh, by the Blazers head coach, Terry Stotts. He joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Coach, how are you? I'm doing well, Doug. How are you doing? Good. Uh, I was up in Portland and Eugene and Corvallis the past uh, day and a half or so. Shocker. You didn't stop. You didn't stop by and say hello. I did not. I flew in and I drove right to Eugene. Did my show. Went and saw shoot arounds and then went and did a game. So I apologize. I know you had a game last night against the Pacers, but I when you come to LA, I will buy you a cup of coffee, whatever you'd like. Um, <laughs> how'd you think you played? I'm sorry. How'd you think you played last night? Uh, you know, we played pretty well. Um, you know, 48 minutes, is, you're going to have uh, ebbs and flows, but uh, I like the way we finished the game in the fourth quarter. We held Indiana to 12 points and uh, made some good plays down the stretch. Uh, third quarter was a little, little ragged, but um, uh, it's good to win at home. You know, we had a tough spell earlier in the season with a home losing streak, so we've won a few in a row at home, and that's that's been encouraging. What do you count that for? Why why the struggles at home? That's not normally that's not the norm in the NBA. Well, uh, you know, when we lost six in a row, I think all of them were against basically playoff teams. So I think the the quality of the opponent had something to do with it. Uh, we lost a couple close ones that um, you know that usually makes a difference in in your records. But uh, during that stretch, we just uh, we fell flat on a couple games, uh, New Orleans uh, and Washington, and uh, just didn't pull it through. Yeah, but and then and then you know you you go and do things like win in Oklahoma City and and do so without Dame like that's so it's 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 kind of confounding to watch like some of the results based upon the personnel you know some teams like look you're not going to play your starters you're on the road you're going to get beat how do you like how do you handle that some nights you're not you, like if you don't have Damian Lillard and yet you go and beat the Thunder and yet there are times in which you've had your full allotment of players and haven't played nearly up to your potential. Well, I think you see it across the league uh, this year. You have uh, upsets like you look at New Orleans goes and beat, wins in Boston and then loses in Atlanta. I mean, things like that, things like that happen. Um, everybody has injuries. It seems like uh, a lot of top players have been out at one time or another, and you've got to figure out ways to win games. And uh, sometimes you keep playing the way you normally want to play, and sometimes you have to make adjustments. And during the stretch that Damien was out, we, I think we went 5-2, and two, and Shabazz, as you mentioned in the, in the opening, Shabazz Napier has been playing very well, and different guys have stepped up. Uh, Al Farouk Aminos had some really good games for us. CJ, when Dame was out, uh, won us a couple games. So I think uh, when, when one of your top players is out, uh, like when James Harden is out, other guys just have to rise to the occasion, not necessarily doing more than what they're capable of doing, but just doing what they're capable of. Damien, um, he voiced some of his frustration, I think, with the all-star voting more, more than anything going back uh, to last week. I know Chris Haynes uh, wrote the article. I've gotten frustrated. Here's the quote. I've gotten frustrated. Just the fact it feels like I've always gotten to be the fall guy. Every other guy has been deserving. So he's not calling out other people. He's just like, Hey, look, it's really hard. And why am I the guy that doesn't make the all-star team? And, and Terry, you know, we go back to last year and he was the guy who came out in the offseason and said, hey, if we don't ever win a title, I'm OK with it because what I've when it, we've been able to do here, how they support me, how I get to play, achieving, you know, trying to be better and better with, you know, if this is our lot in life, it's OK. 
So it's it's kind of saying one thing and then saying another thing. How have you handled that frustration, which he's allowed to become public about uh, all-star snubs? Well, you know, the last two years, I think he was deserving, and I know how important he was to our team, that he was very deserving and showed it. Unfortunately, he showed it even more so after the All-Star break when we made good runs uh, in the last 30 games to make the playoffs. Great comebacks, um, come back in the second half, the last 25, 30 games to to make the playoffs. Unfortunately, that was after the All-Star break. Right. Uh, but uh, I've always, I think winning is, has always been a factor in, in All-Star voting, and frankly, we didn't have the record when votes were in to we were a losing team. We were six, seven games under 500, and I could understand it. Now, this year, uh, I, I don't think there's any question that he should be an all-star because, uh, you know, our, he's carrying our team. We're three or four games over 500. Uh, we're right in the mix with a bunch of other teams, and his numbers support that. And that's just the, that's just the, uh, the objective stuff. It's not even the subjective things of uh, being the leader of a team and, and being the franchise player and, and doing all the things that he does to, with his teammates. So uh, I understand the frustration. You know, to your question, I, I think everybody has goals and wants to make an all-star team uh, or whatever, whatever their goals are. And uh, there's frustration when you don't achieve them. I, I guess here would be my thing. I don't know. Can you sell them on... Hey, look, man, you already got your shoe, right? You're already well, well, well respected. And if they want to snub you, fine. Like take the time off and actually get rested. So you say so you kick ass the second half of the year and then you can use it to motivate you, but you can also use it to rest. Because as you know, when you go down to that all-star thing, especially this year, it's in LA guys are going out. There's all kinds of different stuff you have to do. He has to do for Adidas. Like this actually could be a good, th- is there any way to spin it to a guy who's as competitive as Damian Lillard that it could be actually a good thing if you get snubbed? Oh, probably, but he's done that. He's been there, done that the last two years, so yeah. why not make the all-star team? Yeah, I got you. <laughs> How do you, I, I feel like you mentioned the injuries for big-name players, and obviously Kawhi is still out. He's had the thigh thing, been very limited this season. Other guys like Damian have missed uh, different amounts of time. I, I felt like up until a couple weeks ago, the new schedule had really benefited the league. The quality of play was better in the league. Uh, give me the sense of a guy who played in the league and coached in the league. Do you think there's a discernible difference, or do you think there's still the attrition of all these games and all this travel and all the competitiveness of the league and guys are still getting hurt? Well, first of all, uh, just to correct you, I never played in the league. so I, I you played play in the I league? Played in, I played in a tougher league. I played in the CBA. But... Uh, no, the the schedule uh, the the schedule has certainly reduced the back to backs. The travel has been easier. There is more rest time. Uh, I think the league has done a, a very good job with that. I think the level of play has been. I think there's a lot of. I don't know if parity is the right word, but I think there's a lot of competitiveness out there. Yeah. Um, and you know you're still going to have uh, you know playoff teams, non-playoff teams. But you look at the the teams in the West and how competitive that playoff race is right now. And same thing in the East. It's uh. And I can't. I don't know whether to attribute it to the schedule or not, but I do think the league uh, looked at that situation and handled it really well. All right, uh, uh, the Blazers have announced uh, Jason Quick, who I know covers the team for you guys uh, for NBC for the the local NBC Comcast affiliate. Uh, he just tweeted out that you guys are going to you sign a consulting agreement with and former NBA ref Don Vaden, who's going to assist player on who assists players on rules of the game, points of emphasis, and analyzing officiating data from the NBA. There's been a lot of talk that the officials are different in how they handle the players, and and that's what's caused 
uh, kind of a rift between the play, current players and the officials. Some of these younger refs have a little bit more confidence in calling technical fouls and how they call a game. Do you notice that, or is that just players being a little bit more sensitive? <laughs> uh, I think uh, throughout time that there's, uh, you know, the player-referee relationship has evolved. Just a lot, I think a lot of the conflict um, might even be socially uh, go to our society where everybody has a voice and can free to express their opinion and everybody's looking for blame and everything is out uh, out there for public consumption. So uh, I think that's part of it. But uh, I certainly don't – I think it's a two-way street, players and referees. The relationship, Anytime you have relationships, it goes both ways. I think the, the players' interaction with the referees and vice versa – um, I don't know how contentious it is. I just know that uh, that there it's more it's more noticeable because of media and social media. I think just that there's more when things happen, everybody knows about it. So I don't know how much has changed. I know 20, 30 years ago, players and referees still got into it. Uh, it just wasn't on Sports Center. Do you guys have a backdoor entrance into your locker room in Portland? Uh, we do not. Okay. No, nobody is breaching our locker room. Is that is that is have you seen or heard of anything like that? Uh, again, like that. That's I guess my question. Um, like, uh, I, let me ask you this: Is were, were any referees involved in that breach? No, no, no. I but I'm just I'm I'm asking more for again for your your vast experience in the league. Um, like this does seem like kind of CBA stuff though, right? Like I was in the IBA, the ABA, I got my last <laughs> game in France. I'm actually suspended six games. If I ever go back to France and play, cause there was a fight like it, it does. I know that guys say, meet me outside, but generally guys don't meet them outside when it's in the NBA. But like you've been in this league for a long time. Um, is, is this more normal and just being reported or is something like what happened in LA different than the past? Well, I don't, uh, certainly, as you mentioned, I, I think uh, scuffles in the hallway, uh, post-game count encounters. I know back, I don't know how many years ago, when uh, uh, Portland Portland was leaving Golden State and they were being chased by a player, and you know, so there have been player-player issues uh, throughout the years. Um, but I've never, like I said, since I've been here, there there have been those those. Uh, conflicts, but I, no one has actually entered uh, an opposing locker room that I'm aware of. Um, okay, so look, I, I read the Oregonian. Um, I know that there's a great passion for you guys to take kind of that next step. Uh, what are your thoughts on your roster and whether or not this will be the roster that you head into the playoffs with? Well, I, you know, I'm not going to comment on any trade rumors. I, I'm the coach, and I, I like our roster, and I think we have gotten better uh, our first 40 games. First 40 games, we struggled offensively, which I didn't think would be a concern for us, and our defense was pretty solid, which was what our goal was. But uh, I anticipate coaching this team, and you know, you never say never as far as roster management, and Neil O'Shea has done a great job with the roster, and I'm I'm happy with it, and I'm, I'm glad that we're, we're going in the right direction. Uh, so, um, I think that's the best way for me to answer that. All right. I, I mean, that, that's the fairest way you can possibly answer it. Uh, listen, really appreciate you joining us. I Listen, if I were you, though, if somebody said I played in the NBA and I only played in the CBA, I would have just taken it. I mean, who's going to know, right? No, I mean, but you know what? Yeah, I can't, you know, then, then I would get criticized for, uh, you know, endorsing something that wasn't true. And I, I, in good conscience, I could not do that. You never got a 10-day? 
No, that was my goal. You know, playing in Great Falls, Montana for three years, all I wanted was a 10-day. That's all I wanted. Couldn't, couldn't get it. You couldn't get it? Couldn't get it. Man. But Can how you, about the Big 12? But how about the Big 12 this year? Pretty amazing. Are they going to get nine teams in the, t- in the tournament? I don't think nine. I, I think it's going to end up being more in the seven variety. Um, Oklahoma wow. State's surprising in, in what they've done. Uh, now, TCU lost a point guard, Jalen Fisher. Uh, for people who don't know, Terry was a very good player at Oklahoma. Have you seen Have you seen Trey Young play yet? I have. You know, due to rules, I can't comment on individual players, but I have seen Oklahoma play, and I enjoy watching them play. Yeah, I mean, and the, the Steph Curryization of basketball is pretty obvious. I, mean, I know you can't talk <laughs> about it, but, but, like, they're not the same, but, gosh, there's some similar – the shots that he takes and the way in which he plays, you're like, oh, my gosh. And, frankly, the Damian, Lillard, Damian Lillardization – you know, just how the floor, like, do, I, do, do, do you think do we do a good enough job in the media of understanding how the game has evolved? Like, we just, I think people just say, well, they shoot more threes, but, but it's not, like, this, everything about the game is so vastly different in the last 10 years, it's really hard to explain, and I don't think we do a good enough job of it when we broadcast. Is that, is that fair? I, I, would, I would say that's fair. You know, I don't watch a lot of college games, but... Uh, but even the pro, but the pro but, game, like the yeah, spacing of the pro I, game, is amazing. How different you know, it is. And it's when you talk about just getting threes, it's how you get those threes. You know, and people say going inside out with the post. Well, now it's inside out with penetration and uh, taking a quick three in transition, which people would have never thought about doing. And you know, if anybody would look back at uh, you know pick and roll, how that's evolved. Because in the '80s, there were if you look at those old games on uh, NBA TV from the 80s, there weren't pick and rolls. There was a lot of movement, uh, a lot of running, but the game certainly has evolved, and I think personally for the better, because I think it's uh, it's more of a skill game. Yep. Yep. Yeah, you were, that's the whole thing, is you were born too soon, right? And you would, <laughs> well, you would, I'd be, you, I'd you be a be great p- stretch four right now. You'd be a power forward now, right? Like yep. Instead of trying to be a three, you'd be a four. Yep. And yep. and you'd get, get you know, the green light and playing your system, just stand out there in the corner and have guys dime you up and hit threes. Terry, thanks so much <laughs> for joining us. Next time in Portland, I'll stop in, or in L.A., I'll buy you a cup of coffee. All right, sounds good. Always a pleasure, Doug. Thanks, Terry. Terry Stotts joining us, uh, old Big 8 guy playing at OU. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. And now... <laughs> Okay, every day at this time, uh, we try and play you a portion of a previous show on Fox Sports 1 or Fox Sports Radio. Chris Carter's on a show called First Things First. He, Nick Wright, Jenna Wolf. It's on uh, 6.30 to 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time on Sirius XM 83 and Fox Sports 1. He had this to say about quarterback play in the NFC Championship. Not only is Case going there trying to win the NFC, Patrick, Pat Shermer is trying to go back there and send a message too because he, he has history in Philadelphia. I think he has the Giants job. So I believe that his ability to develop quarterbacks is very important. He's going to get Case to play an aggressive style. They have a very good defense, and he has enough tape to be able to trust Case. That's the big difference. If you ask me who's the better quarterback in this game, Case Keenum's a better quarterback right now than Nick Foles is. So I'm less concerned about Case because he has a style. Nick Foles is trying not to lose the Eagles the game. Hmm. Uh, I, can, I tend to think that's, that's accurate. Like, my, my issue is that, look, each guy has, a, has two notable flaws. Okay? Case, let's start with Case Keenum. Case Keenum, first, he's tiny and doesn't have a great arm. I think we all kind of know that, right? And Ramos, you know that probably better than anybody because you're a Rams fan. And even though that offense is limited, 
we, the offense did expose that, especially outside, if you thought arm strength was an issue last week inside, in the cold weather of Philadelphia, it's going to be a bigger issue. So lack of size and arm strength is a problem. But the other problem is that he does kind of have a little bit of a gunslinger mentality in there, right? Like he's the guy with a bad arm that doesn't know he has a bad arm. Um, on the other side, on the other side, you have Nick Foles, who does have a good arm um, and is a pretty good athlete, but he's he was fit into an, an offense to which the starting quarterback is a much better athlete. He is square peg into round hold they've had to adjust things to. Now, his problem is the opposite. He doesn't really have confidence. Like, he lacks this. When things go bad, he kind of goes into a shell, and and they got to kind of play around him. So they kind of have, he actually has a much better arm. He's a much better pure pocket quarterback because of his size and his arm strength than Case Keenum is. But he's the guy with the arm, but n- not a great quarterback, not mobile, and knows his own limitations but then allows himself to mentally be limited by it. Does that make sense? So I agree, and I kind of disagree. Here's a crazy thought that no one has brought up that I was thinking about driving in today. Who's the backup quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings? Like, the best quarterback who's available this weekend in Philadelphia is Sam Bradford. And... Like, look, you may not like Sam Bradford because he got $50 million out of college at Oklahoma. You may not like Sam Bradford because once they drafted Carson Wentz, he saw the handwriting on the wall and said, hey, check, please. I'd like to get out of here. You may not like Sam Bradford because after the first week of the season this year, you were all in and his knee, he got a bone spur and his knee's probably, it's just not right. But Sam Bradford can throw that ball. And if you've ever, like, Look, part of the Vikings thing is so many guys that they've had have been haven't been well regarded. I don't want Case Keenum to fail, but if God forbid something happened to Case Keenum, I can't imagine what an incredible moment it might be for Sam Bradford, who was less than beloved by Philadelphia Eagles fans, to come in there and lead a team to an NFC Championship game. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Let's welcome in Eric Mangini, former head coach, Cleveland Browns, New York Jets, longtime assistant, New England Patriots. And of course, you'll see him on Fox Sports covering the National Football League. Um, Eric, let's start with, with Brady's hand. You know everything that goes on in New England. We're, we're hearing uh, that it was a knuckle, the right knuckle, hit a helmet, maybe the screw uh, that you know screws in somebody's face mask, whatever. There's a lot of blood, some stitches, but it was the outside of the hand. He's wearing gloves today at the press conference. Uh, what what's your thoughts on the likelihood it affects Tom Brady this Sunday? Well, it's it's pretty amazing to me that he hit his hand on on anybody's helmet. One of the things that we start on from the OTAs, the earliest the earliest time that we're on the field is to always stay away from the quarterback. I mean that's preached over and over and over again. <clears throat> but it did in terms of of how much it's going to affect him. Um, you know, I think it's going to be something that, that's annoying to him throughout the course of the game. I'd say that he's probably going to be frustrated by the fact that he had to miss reps during the week that, that he normally would have taken so that he didn't aggravate it. Uh, I don't think it'll be 
the the difference in the game by any stretch, but I think it will be one of those annoying things that that he's just going to have to work through from a pain perspective early. All right, let's get to uh, let's get to the game itself. Um, like those of us laymen out there, Eric, we sit there and go, "All right, well, Brady, just force him off the spot, right? Like force him to move. He's different. That's what Atlanta did in the Super Bowl in the first half. That that's what Miami did when he didn't have Rob Gronkowski. Like be physical because they're they're now kind of like the Colts used to be a lot of timing based stuff." Right, be physical and force him off the spot. I know it's a simplistic way of looking at it in terms of all the schematics of the NFL, but does Jacksonville have, is that their style? Because what the Giants were able to do to the Patriots twice in the Super Bowl, that was what the Giants have always done. Is that how the Jaguars play? Well, yes, yes, it is. And when, when you look at this, you look at the front that, that Jacksonville has, and they are able to get to the quarterback with four, which is a key thing when you're playing New England because blitzing really isn't, isn't a very effective path to, to Tom. Then they've got linebackers that can run. That helps, too. They've got corners outside that can match up. Now, all those things are, are great for Jacksonville, but they, they're a do-what-they-do type team, which, which is also good, and there's that simplicity to it so guys know what they're doing. They can play fast. That, that's great until you run into a team that can figure out something to do against you that works, and, and New England will. And, and the question is, what's Jacksonville's second pitch? And, and I don't see that. I don't see how they're going to be able to deal with the inside part of the field that New England's able to exploit so effectively between the slot receiver and Gronkowski. That, to me, is going to be an issue. The other thing about New England is they, they take what you give them. So if you're going to give them a bunch of hitches, they'll take them. And they'll, they'll take them all day. Then they put pressure on you, this no huddle, and, and catch you in things. And then once they catch you in something, they just keep hitting you. They keep going after you. And I, I'm not sure if, if Jacksonville is going to be able to handle, handle all those things that New England is going to be able to attack them with. Do you like the idea of putting Jalen Ramsey on Gronk? Uh, I, I, don't think it's, I don't think it's what they do. I think it'll it would probably be counterproductive. You see that happen sometimes in the postseason, Doug, where teams change and and they wanna they wanna incorporate new schemes, but it's not something that guys are used to doing throughout the course of the season. And so when you when you try to go to that, they can't figure out adjustments. They can't figure out where they're supposed to fit in the running game. You know, maybe on obvious passing downs where where you you know third down, you know that they they've got to throw the ball. You could go and get that matchup, but to do it down in, down out against multiple personnel groups, probably be too hard for him at this point. Uh, okay, uh, look, Jacksonville, they, they obviously want to protect Bortles, and by protect him, I don't mean just block for him. I mean they want to protect him from himself, from, from the big mistake. But he did make some big throws. My thing is, though, that, like, look, we have enough data on Blake Bortles to know who he is and to know that we don't have a ton of confidence, and I, I kind of think, like, if you go by points allowed, New England's fifth in points allowed in the NFL. They're number one since, I think, week five. Like The defense is actually pretty good. They allow a lot of yards, but they're also on the field a lot of snaps. Um, it, it seems to me that we're try- we want so badly to change who Blake Bortles is. Like He's a below-average quarterback, is he not? Well, I, I imagine going into the game, New England's not going to let the running game beat them. So they're going to handle Fournette. Now, the second part of this running game is Bortles. You know, that's that's where he's he's actually hurt a lot of teams and and been able to sustain drives is is with his feet. But if you can force him to win the game 
and then force him to win the game in, in obvious passing situations. He was really effective last week because they were able to run the ball, off running the ball, they were able to hit the play action, they were able to move the pocket, they were able to do a lot of things on their terms. I don't think you're going to see the, the, the missed fits that you saw with Pittsburgh in the running game where these huge holes for Fournette to run through. New England's going to take that stuff away, and, the, and you're right. They're going to say, okay, can you beat us with Blake Bortles as a true passer? Um, you hear about the stuff out of Pittsburgh, and how do I mean like how do you handle it? Like I know that every every you know fan is like, well, just get rid of Le'Veon Bell. He wants to show up an hour before games and miss miss most to walk through. You get rid of him. On the other hand, he's super super talented, right? You can't let him walk. Like how do you how do you handle Le'Veon Bell if you're the Steelers? The, the, look, that's an ongoing problem that every team faces, and and you face that problem. When you draft guys that have an extremely high amount of talent and can produce on Sunday in a, in a significant way, but then there's a bunch of other issues that you have to deal with to get him to Sunday or to get him to the next season. And organizationally, you just have to question whether or not it, it's worth it. Um, typically, when you pay those guys and you give them a lot of guaranteed money and, and long-term contracts, those situations don't get better, they get worse because you, you have less leverage as, as an organization. So collectively, you've got to make a decision. Is this something we're willing to, to deal with? Is there anything that we can put in the contract to, to help uh, protect the downside? But once you start paying guys at, at the levels that, that he's going to get paid at or, or any superstar gets paid at, the fines don't really... Uh, they, they aren't that big of a stick anymore, and you got to deal with the issue, and it's it's whether or not you want to. Eric Mangini joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show. Let's go to the NFC. Um, look, Foles is limited, but they, hide it, they hid some of those limitations last week as best they could, and they beat a good Falcons team at home. Um, you know, Keenum is limited, but he's got some talent at wide receiver. I, I guess some of it is, you know, limiting him from trying to do something he can't do. What are your thoughts on the quarterback matchup in the NFC Championship game? Well, I, I think Foles is, is going to have a, a harder time. Minnesota's defense is, is really good, and, and they're able to do a lot of different things. They, they do a nice job of, of disguising pressures. They're able to play man-to-man really effectively. You know, you got three number one draft picks in the secondary. So they can match up you know, from, from that perspective. And then they do a nice job in, in zone defense as well. The key thing for, for Minnesota is to be able to disrupt the timing and the spacing of, of Philly's routes. That's what they want to do. They want to get guys to spots. They want them to be on time, and they want Foles to get the ball out quickly. Being able to get up there and press those wide receivers, that changes everything. Things get cloudy, and now Foles has to make decisions that, you know, it's not your first read, it's your second read. And to me, that's where they can they can force him into uh, into some mistakes. I think it's going to be hard hard for him if they can make it a again a one dimensional game, not let Jay Jaya uh, take over. Uh, so it sounds like you like Minnesota New England. I I like I like Minnesota New England. I, I, I definitely do. The New England game is is so interesting just because of the Tom Coughlin effect. You know what I what I love that Jacksonville did this week, and to me is a a great indication of the effect that Tom has on that team or has had on that organization. They bring in a left-footed punter, so the punt returners 
can get a feel for what it's like fielding those balls in the, the, the course of the week. It's those little details that I think set those giant teams apart, and you can see that impact. So I, I, I like that aspect of it. I like the fact that Tom's been able to do it in, in the past. Um, I just don't think it's going to be enough at this point for them. Uh, what's, the, what's the coaching hire that to you feels like the best fit? Right, because so much of it's about fit, fit, opportunity. Uh, you know the landscape of it when you're seeing who we assume is going to get a job and who has gotten a job. What's the one you're like? Mm, that one will work. One one that's really interesting is is Josh McDaniels going to Indianapolis with with a guy like Andrew Luck. I loved Andrew coming out of college. I've loved what he's done in pro football. I know he's hit some, um, you know, he's hit some roadblocks here. But I could see him being like Peyton Manning or like Tom Brady. And I think Josh, with that type of quarterback talent and his ability to develop a system of of really smart football around a quarterback like that, to me, has a chance to be really successful for a long time. I guess the question is, doesn't he have to know that Andrew Luck's shoulder is okay? And no one seems to know if Andrew Luck's shoulder is okay. Yeah, that's, that's... you, know, you, you never know. I'm sure they went into the season thinking that his shoulder was going to be fine. You know, this year you don't know. You don't know, and then that's the the leap of faith. Look at Miami with Ryan Tannehill. They thought his knee would hold up, and it it goes out in in the preseason. You know, Tom Brady at this point hurts his hands. They get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. You're, there's there's leaps of faith that happen all the time. But if it is right, and, and I would imagine Josh feels pretty good about that, if, if that's where he's headed, that, that pairing has a chance to, to do some good things. Eric, great stuff, man. Wait, I can't wait to catch up with you again, talk some football. In the meantime, have a great weekend with the family, and thanks for joining us. All right, thanks, Doug. All right, pleasure's mine. Eric Mangine, the Mangenius, joining us. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Bring spring color inside this season with Bear Premium Plus paint, starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Add a pop of blue to your kitchen with the Bear exclusive color Arrowhead Lake or a splash of Amazon jungle to your living room. Bring a cool breeze to your bathroom with sea glass or accent your bedroom with sunrise-inspired colors like coral cloud and dark crimson. Let your creativity bloom this spring with Bear Premium Plus paint starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Traveling for college hoops this winter? Pro tip, stay at a graduate hotel. They're obsessed with college basketball, just like us. Each graduate hotel is like a shrine to the local team with lots of cool details for alumni. Nods to school colors, mascots. Why would you stay anywhere else? They have 30-plus hotels in the best college towns. And get this, you can save up to 30% with the code DUG. That's my name, D-O-U-G. Good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Book your basketball stays at graduatehotels.com. 
This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 